following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. It's literally hours, days, probably Wednesday of the week that Jesus knows where, what's about to transpire tomorrow night, if we want to put it in context. He's going to have the last supper with his disciples. He's going to wash their feet and tell them that this is exactly what the cross is going to do for you, is to make you, it's going to cleanse you, right? And, and, uh, and, and, then, and then he's going to suffer and die so undeserving of, like, no, he, he's the only one that didn't deserve this and yet he chose it, designed it in order to rescue us and, and like he's going to go through all of this but, but he knows, he knows as we should know, like as we should live knowing that resurrection is on the other side of the suffering, right? Like we should live that way, resurrection. Yeah, it's Friday but Sunday's coming, right? Like that's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our default. You're already thinking it, right, Jerry? Like you were just thinking it, right? So like, but he's sitting here and he's in the midst of the temple and the giving box is there, much like ours, you know, and, and he, he's, he's watching all of the, the giving in this context. And he has this observation and this is what he says. And then he calls his disciples over and he has this, uh, this, this wonderful accommodation, this, this accolade for this poor widow. Listen to what this says. This is Luke 21 as we continue in our journey through Luke. Luke 21, 1 through 4. And it says, Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. Okay, just for a moment here. Um, you know, God designed to perfection the tabernacle in the desert. And then when it came time for the temple uh, with David, they, the, the design was given. His son Solomon was to build this temple. And one of the the, the details we see in there is that there was a giving box, much like how we practice giving here at Faith Fellowship. It wasn't a plate going around with, you know, someone standing over you going, hmm, you know. Like, I, you know, it's, it's an act of worship, right? It's a, it's a place where people come and, and offer thanksgiving to the Lord and, and gratitude and, 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 uh, and, and love and, and adoration, um, and, and, and I believe that's ideal. And so he was watching the rich put, putting in their gifts into the, the offering box. And he, don't miss this word. I love Mika and, uh, and Matt pointed this out this morning. Like he saw, like of all that's going on, all that's going on in his heart and his life in this moment, as you can imagine, what he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. We're going to read an account from Mark in just a moment that this, this, is, this is a penny in their context. So I was blessed. Matt was willing to share some of uh, a resource with us this morning. So in this little bag here, I have currency from 2,000 years ago. This is a widow's mite. Like literally what would have been held by this poor widow. Look at that. I mean, you can barely see the inscriptions and the, but that's what a widow's might is, right there, tangible currency from two thousand years ago. Two of these 
would equate in their context to a penny. So that we understand the, 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 the amount of her offering was a penny. I mean, look at that thing. If you, if you want to look at it after service, I mean, please, you can still see the, uh, the little man's inscription there. But this is the smallest like denomination in the currency of first century Palestine. And, uh, and, it's a, and the widow has come. And here's the unfortunate thing that we have to draw out of the text. Like it says, this is all she had left to live on. So as was pointed out this morning, like that's a tragedy in itself. That's a, that's a, that's a tragedy that that's all she had. She's a widow. She's at the mercy. She doesn't have a husband. Like, and, and this is all she has? Well, I, I, think, I don't think that's what God designed and desired for the nation of Israel as, it, as, as, as how they were supposed to take care of their widows, right? And, uh, and, and, but this is all she had to live on, it says later. So it, he saw this poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, later we see that he calls the disciples over, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put, don't miss this, has put in more than all of them. The details that we get later says, like when you put in everything that everybody else put in, she was the biggest giver that day. Now, from, this is God speaking. Like this, this is his perspective, which we know can be so counterculture and counterintuitive, and, and it truly is. It kind of kind of addresses our paradigm and turns it upside down. And he says, he says, she's the biggest giver today. So we need to unpack that, right? We need to understand what he's trying to tell them and us. Verse 4 goes on to say, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. Your, your, your translation might say need. But in all she had, to live on. She gave it all. She gave it all. So if you're reading the, the context of this moment, one of the things that happens here is the disciples are saying to Jesus, Jesus, look at this glorious temple. Isn't it amazing? Look at all of the, you know, the, the, the ornate detail, you know, and they're marveling at the temple. But Jesus is marveling at a poor widow and her heart for God in her sacrificial giving. Like, you know, like, it's interesting to think, like, like we, can, we can all be in the same scenario and see it differently based on our hearts. And isn't it good to know that, that God sees her? This is, this is what, in the midst of all of that's going on, Jesus sees her. Like, that's precious. So in the Mark account, it goes this way. And he sat down opposite, he being Jesus, opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. Well, one of the things we have to understand is they didn't use checks back in those days. So sometimes we have to put ourselves, you know, in that moment. And so this, they would have come with currency. So it would have been kind of a little bit more obvious, right? And so he says large sums. 
And a poor widow came and put in two copper coins, two small copper coins, which make a penny. I mean, this is the kind of thing that, I, I don't know, you, you walk down the street, you see them, and you're just like, I don't even want to give the effort to bend over for it. I mean, that's kind of the culture that we live in, right? But this becomes her offering, and Jesus says she's the biggest giver that day. Why? And he called his disciples to him and said to, him, said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contribute out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put everything she had, all she had to live on. So she gave it all. She gave it all. Not out of her abundance, but out of her need, out of her poverty. Jesus said, like I said, she's the biggest giver that day. But the question we have to ask is how? How is she the biggest giver? And that's the principle that we're meant to, to understand here. And I believe it'll be refreshing yet challenging, encouraging yet convicting as we get to the bottom of this. My question for you as we begin is, are you giving out of abundance or out of need? Are you giving some or all? You know, like, and, uh, and, and really it has far less to do with the amount than we actually think. It has a whole lot more to do with our motives, our intent, and our hearts, and what we're, what we're, what we're hoping to, to do in this moment with our offering, right? Are we giving God our best, our all? It's, it's really not about money. It's about what it represents, so a couple of questions to process here. As anyone would look at this text, you would say, why was she so generous in her poverty? Think about that for a moment. Why was she so lavish and so complete and thorough and full in her, in her worship in the midst of her poverty? Well, I thought about that for a while and I said, I don't know. Right? I don't know, but, but let's speculate, right? Because there, surely that's not what we're meant to know, but, but sure, that's a, that's a question that anyone would ask. And so what I came to was a deep love for God. Surely she trusted him, right? She, you're the author. You're, you're, my, you're my provider. She knew it was all his, Again, this just thought. She, she was returning it to him in thanksgiving. Let me, let me share this for a moment. As you go back to the, the offerings that were prescribed for the people and the temple, um, it's interesting because there are, there are, there's many. But, but the one that, that, I, that often I think gets neglected by them and in our context is these offerings of just thanksgiving. Just God, you're so good to us. I'm so thankful. I mean, are you truly thankful for what Jesus has done? For what God has done for us in Christ? Like, are you thankful for his mercies that are new every morning? I mean, like the promises realized and yet to be realized that, that help us to stand in the midst of adversity, trial, and struggle? Like, are you thankful that, that, we, can, that we can put, we don't misplace our trust when we put our hope in him? 
And, and, and there, were, there were offerings that were meant to be simply for the purpose, purpose of thanksgiving. Oh, that we would never come with empty hands, the psalmist says. Right? Because every time we come into his presence, is he worthy of it? I mean, it would have been absurd to the wise men to show up at the, you know, in Bethlehem without gifts. And not just, not, not, here you go. But so often God gets tipped. No, 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 no. I mean, most, most servers would be, would be upset if they got 10% from you. Right? And, and, uh, and yet, God in his mercy, you know, <laughs> am I right, Mike? Yeah, so like, like God deserves, like this, this offering that she makes, man, it is, it's commended, but it's, but it, but, and it's not expected, but it's, but it's ideal. And, uh, and so is she returning to him thanksgiving or, or praise? Or is it an offering of gratitude, as mentioned? But what I do believe and what I've come to understand in just praying and processing is that she was making a statement of faith. Whatever was in her heart, whatever the, this was a statement of faith for sure. So let's ask another question. Why would you give someone? Now think, I'm going to take it out of the, the context of giving to God and giving to others because clearly in the scriptures we're called to both. Okay, so let me be clear. There's, there's giving to God, so the, coming to the storehouse. He tests me in this to see if I will not throw open the store gates of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you that you can't contain it. Like, we're called to be rich towards God, you know, in the parable of building bigger barns. You know, like, we're, we're called to have this expression uh, that, 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 you know, like, like in the Old Testament, that, that actually, uh, that there may be food in my house, right? Like, for the priests and the Levites, and then they're called to give, even of, of that. There's this, God's economy within the church, designed to be in perfection. We'll talk about that in, in just a moment. Um, but, but outside of that context, let's just kind of think about this because I think it helps us to put this in perspective. Why would you give someone all you have to live on? I'm talking about someone else. Like if you're in a moment, what, 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 would, what would need to happen in a scenario, circumstance, for you to give someone everything you have to live on? Why would you do that? So, of course, I came up with some thoughts, and, and I would love to hear yours, is they need it more than you. Well, that's surely not the case with God, right? He, he doesn't even want our money. What does he want? He wants our hearts, right? Like, and so often, money's got our heart. That's the problem. And so you'll say to the rich young ruler, you've got you to gotta sell everything you got. You've got to give it to the poor and come follow me. Because your God, you know, is money, not me. Like, and, 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 and Jesus had some pretty stern things to say about it. He spoke a lot about this subject. He said, when it comes to money, you'll love one and hate the other, meaning God, and, and you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot love both God and money. But yet, like, you know, I think there was wisdom by, by several administrations earlier in, in our history that to put in God we trust on money. Right, because our tendency is to, in money we trust, right? And, and we find this false sense of security that is so easily undone, right? And, and, 
And there's no, in, I, I want to say there's no inflation with God. Like, like, but like, like it's us that, 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 you know, he doesn't get any better. It's just us that perceive and understand that he's better. You know, like, but why would you give someone all that you have to live on? Well, it's not because in God's circumstance that he needs it, but more than you do, but, but here's some thoughts. To show them you love them or to trust that you trust them. You in, that's why we develop trusts, right? Like even in the name, it's there, right? And, and that's often not a good thing. Um, to express gratitude, that, that's a possibility. And I believe that in this context, that's definitely a possibility. Um, to show that, that you're ready to follow, like in the case of the rich young ruler, that, that, that this is not my God and, and you definitely are. Right? That, that, that could be a proclamation in this moment. But what do we, but, but what we do know here in this particular moment is how Jesus received it. So let's focus on that. He sees, don't miss this, he sees proportion more so than portion. Does that make sense? Okay, so like, let me tell you what's so good about this, so wonderful, is that she was able to be a more extravagant worshiper with a penny than everybody else in the room. Think about that. We're not limited to what we have to be an extravagant worshiper. It's not about what we have or don't have. It's it's the heart, right? I mean, across the the spectrum of of affluence or lack of, like no one lacks the opportunity to be an extravagant worshiper, even if you have a penny. You can be the greatest worshiper in the room, right? Because it's, it's, it's not about the amount. And that Jesus is not saying that we shouldn't give large, right? That's not what he's saying. and Because th- that's not what it's about. It's, it's, it's more about proportion than it is portion, right? I, I, I mean, I'm going to say it this way because, and I'm getting to the main point pretty quickly here. This, this, is what, this is the big idea for me. Meaning what we keep versus what we give. That's what's going on here. Right? Like, <laughs> they gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her poverty, out of her need. Like, like what, what can be determined by our worship is, is more about what we're keeping versus what we're giving. Does that make sense, guys? And, and Jesus saw that she held nothing back. There was a moment in my life um, I was... And I, it, took, it took five years for me to look back on this and have any, any, any reference point. But, um, but I, I, was, uh, I was just out of college. I had an R&D job uh, in fiber optics back then. That was like cutting edge, you know. And, uh, and we were expanding bandwidth in, in what we now know as television. Back then it was, you know. And uh, working on amplifier, all this stuff. And I, I, I really didn't look forward to going to work any day. It just wasn't what I thought it would be and uh and i was uh i just had this massive aspiration in my heart always just to be at the church and to serve with student ministry like aren't you excited that our student ministry amir we're so excited we're so excited about what god is doing and uh and i just couldn't wait to get there and just be with the students and sir i mean it just was it's just it was just instinctively passionate about this and 
And, um, and within a couple years, just fast forward here, like in a couple years, um, w- without talking to me, our, our, our youth pastor like uh, recommended me for a position in Orlando and, uh, and then called them and set it up and then asked me if I was interested. <laughs> and, um, and, and, I, and I was like, yeah, like, wow. So honored by his, like the way he chose, you know, he saw more in me than I saw in myself. So like, and we should do that for each other, right? Like we should do, like that's what God does. Like so, so, um, so I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, you should pray about these things. <laughs> but I, I'm sure I'd have got a big fat yes. But I mean, I was just like, yeah. And um, so like no consideration for like moving or money, none of that. Just yeah. So I, I go up there, interview. They're like, let's do this. And, and I'm like, sure let's go like and i don't even remember asking like you know is there money in you know i don't remember any of the salad none of that was even i don't even know if it was discussed and um so i show up and i'm given a parsonage much like mr mir uh given a parsonage and i was given this very meager salary it was it was like 700 and some dollars a month on top now keep in mind that at this point i'm 21 and and uh my dad you know i'm first graduate from college and my bohemian you know, you know, family. And, and so my dad, my, when, I, when I show this to my dad, my dad is livid. Like he's not unhappy, he's livid. And he is, so he's not supportive. Just, so like, um, and, and he's the one going, so what, what's the pay? You know, like, and, I'm, and then I guess I might have said that, I don't know, I don't remember, like, oh, I don't know. You know, and like he would have been really thrilled about that thought. So like, anyway, um, I end up getting up there, and, and this is what the pay is. And I'm going to fast forward because I want to get to this moment. So it was very early in receiving this, this amount each month that, I mean, I, I understood with clarity. I, don't, I can't tell you how it came to me, if it was during reading the I don't know, but I knew in my heart of hearts that God was saying, okay, this month I, I want it all. And, uh, and I remember going, what? Like, and then just being like, it just, you know, like, it, that's a good stage of life, right? When you're young and I, you know, like, I, that's the only thing it summed up to because it was just like, okay, God, you know? And, uh, and man, I, I've got to tell you, like, through the years, when we church planted, she and I made collectively $30,000 a year. I don't know how that works, and it shouldn't, right? And that was four, five, six years, and then it was 38 for four, five, six years, and, and then she was just started getting a little, you know, but like, but like, it's amazing to me, like how God provides. Like he's just so faithful. We can't outgive him. And when we, when we give just, uh, I don't know, I just in, 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 in doing this, I was just reminded of that moment. Like, like you know, like, and, and you know, what I believe that that moment is more about for all of us is like there's going to be tests, right? Like, do you love this more than you love me? Like, and that's not cruel. That's just, that's, that's actually extremely loving because this will kill you, right? And so, so the meaning here is, it's, it means what we keep versus more what we give, that that's really the, that what's going on in the room. That's what makes her the greater giver that day is that she gave it all. And, and they gave out of their abundance, out of their excess, Right? And um, because here's the truth. He sees our heart. He sees our heart. Are we generous with those we love? Absolutely. There's where we're most generous, right? 
we are most generous with those we love the most. You know, my brother Jim, like, he was thinking, how am I going to get Corey, you know, I, I want to give her every opportunity in the whole wide world. I got, how am I going to save money so she can do what, you know what I mean? Like, we, those we love, we're willing to, we're willing to throw the bank at that. Like, we wanna, we're going to make whatever sacrifices ne- necessary, right? And shouldn't God be the, the one we love the most? Like, look, can I be clear? He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And he doesn't want your heart to want your money. Like, and, and that's a danger zone, right? Like, money's not the problem. The root of all kinds of evil is the, the love of money, right? And so, so let me, let me kind of move quickly here to motive. Because does, does motive matter? Because I think that's what Jesus is saying here, that it's really what's in her heart that makes her the, the greatest giver that day, because it's just a penny, right? And so, in Matthew 6, 1 to 4, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says these words. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others or before other people in order to be seen by them. There's the motive. For then you will, you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven, who sees. Thus, when you give, and I love that it says when, when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may be, they may be praised by others. Because now you've got what you're going to get, right? Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 3, but when you give. Again, he says when. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I like how Matt put it this morning. Man, don't quench the spirit. <laughs> like, that, when that hits you, like, trust me, the enemy's not going to tell you to be generous, right? To give, to be, to be loving in that regard. Um, and, and we should do it in a manner that, that, that we, we're not looking for accolade. We're not looking to impress. We, we don't have to, to regurgitate this to others so that they think, oh, you're such a good person. Well done. Like, th- there's your reward. All done. Why not? Why not? You know, one of the things that I, I love about this, you know, and this would never have been her ambition as far as this poor widow but, like, what I love is, here we are, 2,000 years, almost 2,000 years later, 2,000 years, and we're talking about her. Here's the point. That, do you know when we, like, she, her offering was a penny. Like, that, that it matters not. Like, like that, that we can invest in eternity with whatever is in our hearts and hands. Right? in a way that will endure and be a testimony to the annals of history. Like, we're talking about her. Nobody's talking about the, the giant lumps. You know, that's, that's who Jesus is affirming in this moment. But when you give to Danini, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Forget about it. So that your giving may be in secret. And the only one that knows, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do you know that God has a posture that he, he wants to bless his kids? He wants to, and we'll talk about here in just a moment. Now, Hebrews, this was a, a memory verse from you version early in the week as I was preparing, and I thought it's so appropriate. Hebrews 13, 16. Do not neglect to do good. And here it is. And to share what you have. For with such, or for, for such what? That tells you a little bit about the nature of giving, right? That's, 
It's, it's sac- was Jesus' sacrifice, was Jesus' offering to the Lord sacrificial? To what degree? I think Jesus gave it all to the Father, and, and we're still talking about that today too. Right? For such sacrifices, don't you love this, are pleasing to God. When, when we're giving in sacrificial ways, you know, um, David said, I, I will not offer anything that doesn't cost me something. Right? Because is it truly? And that's kind of what's going on in this temple moment. Like it's really not costing them anything, and she, but it's costing her everything. And where she's, where she, what she's choosing to do with it? Worship. So here, here with me over the last few moments here, I, I want to jump into 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And I'm not going to read the whole chapters, and I, I encourage you to do that. But like here we start to see kind of a picture of exactly what's the principle Paul starts to unpack for us later on in this letter to the, to the Corinthians. And listen to what he says here in ver- chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. We want you to know, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches in Macedonia. This is Philippi, Berea, uh, Thessalonica, that, that whole area, right? He's saying that, that, that this has been given among the churches of, of uh, the grace of God. For in a severe, listen to this, in a severe test of affliction, that's the context. In a severe, the church is going through severe affliction. Their abundance of joy, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Affliction. Poverty, generosity. Why does it seem that it's often those that are that are that have least that, that end up giving the most when we're talking proportionately or or even collectively, right? Um, so this is what it says: for they gave according to their means, and then he goes on to say, as I can testify, and beyond their means, in extreme poverty and affliction, with joy. Of their own accord. Nobody's, nobody's asking anything here. There's this massive famine going on in, in Jerusalem. And Paul has taken up an offering. And they're like begging him to be a part of it. Right? And, and, the, and the missional work that he's doing. And he says, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor. Paul, will you do us a favor? Can we, can we give generously to this, to this cause of Christ? Would you, would, you, would you receive this? Like, for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we, as we expected, but they gave themselves, this is so good, they gave themselves first to the Lord, right? And then by the will of God to us. And isn't that how it has to work? We're never going to give when it's, when it's simply wanting to give to others. It's, it, it starts with uh, understanding that there's, there's, there's no limit to what we, how generous we should be with God when we think about what he's done for us. So giving monetarily is a tangible way to worship. It's a tangible. I mean, I, I know for most of us that's not new news, but, like, but that's what she was doing. It also helps us keep money in perspective. Giving is a statement of priorities, right? That's, that's a, I mean, just think about your Christmas list. 
right? It demonstrates what I love in this text is it's clear, and I'm going to continue in verse 9, it's clear that, that it demonstrates God's grace. Doesn't that make sense? Like God wants to do great and glorious things, but he needs generous hearts that understand that it's not mine but his and, 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 and we're ready to, to be a conduit. Not so that others might know, but, but that he might be known. And then verse 9, just to make that point. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Boy, we could think about that for a while. And it's really rich. And I mean, it's, it's rich, right? So um, look at verses 6 through 8 with me. And this moves into chapter 9. And it says this. After he kind of runs at this from various angles, he says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Like if you are a farmer, you're going, duh. Like if I'm going to plant a field, man, I've got I've to throw a ton of seed out there because it's not all going to bear fruit, right? I'm, I'm going to be radically generous, or my harvest is going to look like what I sow. And here he's clearly talking about giving, and he's clearly talking about monetary giving and and please understand man this is you know jerry always says like man we never talk about giving we never talk about tithing you want me to get there and tell them about we gotta give to the lord you know and and i love that like i love that sorry jerry i don't know if that's i i, I meant that as being affirming for you but like but like like but when it comes into like but it's talked about in the scriptures and when we can preach it with, with, with accuracy and tenacity, like, you know, like it has, it's, it's clearly important, right? So the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, right? For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able, listen to what this is, God is able to make all grace, grace abound to you so that, and listen to what it's saying here, so that having all sufficiency in all times, in all, in all things in all times. Like who's, who's he saying provides for that? Who provides for all sufficiency in life? In all things, all times, in all ways, right? Like, like it's him. But I love that he uses the word sufficiency. Like, we want more, man. We want extra. We want large. No, we want extra large, right? Like, and, and, and what we're promised, like, you know, to Paul, Paul says to Timothy, like, we, we will be content with these things if we have food and clothing, right? Because maybe, maybe the large and extra and the, the abundance and the more and the bigger barn stuff, maybe that wasn't meant for us. Maybe that was meant to share. Maybe. So that others would have. Right? So like, and he says, for God is able to make all grace abound to you. Why? So that uh, having all sufficiency in all things and all times. So God is able to, uh, to make all grace abound to you. Take out the commas that you may be abound, that you may abound in every good work. Why does God provide sufficiency in our life? So that we have the joy and privilege of abounding in good works. Right? For his glory. 
and he resources us with that. But what is our tendency? You'll remember Nemo here, right? Mine, 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 mine. Right? Like, and we got to, you know, the, 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 oh, man, that's, and, and it kills us. It does. And, and what I'm not saying is that saving, there's a principle there. There's a principle there. But how much do, do you hear about saving versus giving in the scriptures? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even show, it's not even there in contrast, right? So like, has the Lord been generous with us? Right? And how should we respond? Well, the scripture says good works. Like that's, that's how we respond. We respond in like manner, like, and then based on the passage, what, is the, what does God love? Tell me what the scripture says there. What does God love? A cheer, thank you, Donna, a cheer, and others, a cheerful giver. So it's not just giving, it's giving with the right disposition and attitude, right? Because we've been given so much. Much is given, much is required. You're blessed to be a blessing. That's why you're blessed to sufficiency, right? But we don't, we don't, have, a, we don't have a gauge for enough, Right? It's, we gotta, so, you know, like, I'm going to say later, I'll say this again, but like in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, you know what it says? It's, it's, and this is nowhere in the Gospels. It's just pulled out in Acts, you know, way down the road. It's one of Jesus' sayings that just come to bear, and it says, let's not forget what the Lord said. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive, Right? So listen to how this passage in, in 2 Corinthians 9 finishes. Because I, I, it, it highlights this whole point. You will be enriched in every way. Why? To be generous in every way. <laughs> Could that be any clearer? Right? Like, and let me be distinctive because we're talking about two things here this morning. One is being rich towards God. And we should be. Like, we should, we should be faithful in that. But then also we're postured and resource, if we're being faithful, right? Like, why, why are we enriched? Why are you enriched? You will be re- enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Guys, do you believe there's enough resources on the earth that everybody c- can eat? Do you know that, that it's like, it's, it's more than times 10. It's like they've tried to, to quantify that, they can't, right? Is there, is there and, and when we look in the book of Acts, when the church was getting started, you know, right in the book of Acts chapter 2, it's like, like here's, the, here's the blueprint. Like, if anybody's in need, like, like, let's take care of them. Let's make sure that nobody with them, so that the body of Christ just shines as a community that is, that is loving and careful and, and, and takes care of one another. We've got, we got to share those needs with one another so we're aware of them, but that, that's the premise. And then chapter 4, well, you know, just short time later, we see that, that, that it's actually happening. It's happening in, in the context that, that there's a guy by the name of, they call him Barnabas, son of encouragement, but his name is Joseph from Cyprus, and he sells family property. Like he sells, this is what he gets, where he gets his name from, from being this, this guy of encourage, son of encouragement because he's so generous, right? And, and he's so benevolent. He's the one that goes and gets Paul and brings him back to the church in Antioch. Like he, he's an encourager. And, uh, and what's neat is, is that he goes and sells this family property, and then he puts the proceeds at the, the apostles' feet, the church leaders, puts it at his feet and says, you know, as, as is needed for the body's needs. And, um, and so, of course, you know, the church is, is very, and, and I don't want to, like I can name many people within our fellowship that are Barnabases, right? But I don't want to do that. I don't want to steal your, you know, all that, that left-hand, right-hand stuff. Okay, so, like, but like, 
he gets this wonderful like reputation, right? So then all of a sudden we're introduced to Ananias and Sapphira, right? And they, they want Barnabas' reputation. That's the problem. They want others to, to think much of them. So what do they do? They, they give some money from a sale of a land and, uh, and they say, we gave you all the money from the sale of the land. But did they? No, they held back. But they wanted everybody to believe that they gave everything, right? And, and, and Peter tells them they lied to the Holy Spirit and they were given an opportunity to repent. They don't and they die. Like, and this is a warning to the church because like, they, 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 what they wanted is they wanted man's accolades. And, and, and you know... And, and, and we got to be careful because this is very practical. Like, you know, when you give gifts, do you want people to think that you're giving more than you're gay? They, you know, like, like, and when we give to God, God knows and we should be lavish and generous and, and thorough and honest and transparent in those things. So good. Like, so good. But I love this. And you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us, through us, the body of Christ, will produce thanksgiving to God. Do you know that that's the result that God longs for is that people's needs would be met and that he would, he would get thanked for it? Like, like the way that we give lavishly and generously, generously to others should be so in secret that they don't know who to thank so they thank God. Right? They, they, they can't put it on anybody, right? Because th- that, that person has gone to such, such, such extents to, to keep that between him and God that, that, that God gets all the thanks. Right? Because the truth is, he's the one that authored this anyway. He's, it's his anyway, right? And so I love that, that it says, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And then he goes on to, to really drive this point home. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So it has both benefits. It's, it's providing the needs of the saints, but... but <laughs> But probably more importantly, God is, is being thanked and praised for his provision because we're the hands and feet of Christ. Listen to this final verse. If the worship team would come and we'll close, but, but listen to this final verse. This is from Luke 6, 38. One of Jesus' many teachings, and this is what he says. And I love that this first word is the command. Like it's not like, it's, here it is, give. There it is, give. Well, let me, un- let me unpack that, he says and it will be given to you. That, that's, right out, that's, that's from God's mouth to ours, right? Like, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Now, this is just a wonderful description of like packing it down and giving you like abundance, right? Like this is the beauty of this. He says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. Right? It sounds a lot like Malachi 3, Right? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour such a blessing on it that you can't contain it. That's, that's where I, <laughs> that's the parallel, right? And then I love what it says here. Don't miss this. For with the measure you use in what? In giving, it will be measured back to you. Wow. That's pretty clear. Right? And, and you know what I love is he wants. He, I love he says, give. You give, and I'll just, I'll give. Like, like, but, but it's, when we don't, what is the statement in that? Right? 
we don't trust him. We're, we don't understand that it's his and we don't understand God's economy. We're just operating in our own. All those things. Let's pray. Father, as we prepare to give you a, another offering of a song, Lord, let, let our hearts be ready to give it all. And whatever that means, so that whatever is hindering, like in the case of young, the rich young ruler, whatever's standing in the way of our all, that you, would, um, that you would have full reign and that we would be ready to be postured to be givers, especially within the body of Christ, so that, that the result would be thanksgiving to you, Lord. Oh, we love you. We're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.